How's it going, my friends? I'm so glad to be with you today. I wanted to share with you a story. This is a continuation of yesterday's podcast. Um, So yesterday I shared with you that um, Patronus Energy is uh, looking at acquisitions. And it's a, a really cool thing, part of our growth story. But what I wanted to share is how empowering it has been and it felt for me to go through this because um you know six months ago i i really didn't see an acquisition in our near future i didn't i had never gone through an acquisition uh it it really didn't feel like a possibility without going through a lot of specialized training you know going through getting an mba and working for an investment bank and and churning through lots and lots of deals and while I, um, well, I think those things can be helpful in a big way, depending on what you want to do with mergers and acquisitions. Um, if you want to own a company and buy a company, you don't need to be that person, right? You don't need to be the MBA. You don't need to be the private uh, equity, uh, you know, banker uh, or investment banker, right? Like. You just need the mindset of an owner, the mindset of an an investor. I know for some of you, it's going to seem far-fetched, but let me just tell you what I mean. And let me share the story that I heard today uh, about circus elephants. All right? So a circus elephant is big. It's powerful. It has enough power and strength that it could probably kill anybody kill most people but when you look at the elephant and it's sitting there in the circus performing um well when it's not like actively performing they have it chained up right and it has a chain around its leg and a stake in the ground and that's what keeps the elephant from running off but if you take a look at that chain and a look at that stake it um it seems a little odd because you know the power behind that elephant you know that that stake is not huge or it's not super deep in the ground. And so you know that it should be no challenge for that elephant to just bloop, pull that stake up out of the ground and just go about his merry way. <laughs> so why does the elephant not do it? And by the way, the elephant's strong enough that it could, it could probably do that by accident. Right? If it just like took a step and, oh, oh, look, I pulled the stake out. I guess I'm free. <laughs> But he doesn't, he doesn't even do that. He, it's almost like he consciously um, or subconsciously stays in a spot close enough to the stake that he never puts tension on the chain. So he never even accidentally pulls the chain out. Now, why is this? How do they accomplish this? Well, the, the way that they do is when a circus um, acquires an elephant or raises an, an elephant, they get them as a baby. And they put that stake in the ground and that baby who doesn't know better tries to run off and then gets tugged on by the chain. It kind of hurts. And they, you know, try it again. And it hurts and they fall over and, and they just do this day in, day out because they're training the elephant on the chain. And so when they're young and weak, they, they get into the spot where they learn that that chain is not going to move. And that stake's not going to move, and it kind of hurts. And so they, 
they become conditioned to never pull on the chain. So that by the time they're big and super powerful to the point where it would it would be laughable to think that you could keep an elephant there with just a simple chain, they've already been conditioned to think, um, I, I'm not strong enough to do this. And they've been conditioned to associate a little bit of pain and discomfort from even pulling that chain tight, so they don't even, they don't even try that. They don't do that. And so they're able to keep the adult elephant um, kind of docile and under control. Now, this same thing has happened to many people. The same thing has probably happened to you and to me. And that's the case. It has been the case with me in approaching an acquisition, right? I was, I was trained and used to being an individual contributor in a company. That's not a bad thing. That's great. The world needs solid, high-performing individual contributors. But the world also needs motivated, talented, high-performing leaders uh, and entrepreneurs. And, um, And I chose to go down a path of entrepreneurship and a path of executive leadership and then chose to go down a path of acquisitions. But in doing so, I, I've had to overcome what I was conditioned to see myself as, which is someone who you know, is not in mergers and acquisitions and is not a CEO. And uh, so I developed this programming around myself um, and I had to unprogram that. And I just, I share this because I think it's really empowering. I hope that this is the message that gets across to this tribe today, which is that we carry around with us programming that keeps us in our spot. It keeps us in our mental loop. Like if you've started a company before, and most of this tribe has, I hear your stories every day and I love them. If you started a company and you're at a certain spot and you're like, you know what, I just, I, I'm doing a million dollars a year. Um, I'm comfortable, it's okay, but I really want to grow that, and I, I just can't. In those cases, I'll, like in, in my conversations with you, in our coaching, in our mastermind groups, we always, always, always start with mindset. And the reason that is, is because it is usually your programming, something with how you've been conditioned um, to to believe that you can't grow or you're supposed to you know stick to your lane bro and stay here the whole time <laughs> and this is just boom, you got to plug along and that's all you can do but you've been conditioned to believe that so we've got to reprogram that and as is the case with Petrona so we you know we started we grew we got to a spot where we were comfortable we say you know what we want to acquire something but for a while for months we were like, ah, I, we can't do that. We don't, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough liquidity. We don't have enough knowledge. We don't have a big enough team. You know, all these reasons. We don't have enough training. Or we have to hire expensive MBAs. Or we have to go um, you know, get a bunch of uh, you know, loans and 
massive amount of uh, financing and whatnot. It was all nervous. It was all new. Uh, and by the way, Patronus, as of I mean, as of today and always from the beginning, has been a bootstrapped company. So we've never taken on debt. We've never taken on equity investment. So um, it's it's a hundred percent owned <laughs> by the employees of the company. And uh, and so there's a a little bit. Of you know, it's been it's felt good to be able to do that, especially in it's a it's an energy company or at least it you know operates and it serves lots of energy companies and chemical companies and heavy manufacturing um, as an engineering and technology company. Um, and what's going on right now in the energy space is that lots of energy companies have taken on massive amounts of debt. They're heavy heavily leveraged which puts an extreme amount of pressure on them to hit certain targets. Well, when Corona hits and nobody's burning hydrocarbons and, and at the same time there's a, a glut of hydrocarbons on the market and so it creates this crazy swing and, and then contango happens, right? <laughs> like Nobody can store oil or stash it anywhere and so it's like, blah, everything's going nuts on the midstream, on the upstream, downstream, refined products and raw, crude, like everything is going crazy. So all the financial models that used to exist and look, you know, really nice and everyone's fat, dumb and happy in twenty fifteen, they don't look so pretty anymore. <laughs> Companies are liquid and they and they're forced to go through layoffs. And they're forced to um you know, have fire sales, right? And and that's been where they're at. And when we started Patronus, um, my my goal was, you know, perhaps at some point we would need to take on investment and financing, but as much as possible to to be able to build the company in a way that was um, debt free, or at least that the the risks were hedged. They were managed well, and that we weren't going about it in a way that was um, surrendering control to parties that might not have an understanding of how our industry is supposed to be run, or people who don't have our best interest in mind, or the interest of our clients, or the interest of our people. So we said, you know, we don't want to do that. <clears throat> now I. The reason I kind of go into that tangent is saying when we make an acquisition, one of the things that was holding us back was like, well, because we've bootstrapped this, it's not like we have this dry powder capital that's sitting on the sidelines. It's just ready to deploy, you know, just gobble everything up because we have all this free cash. So that was, that was a barrier in our mind. But the more that we've gotten serious about making an acquisition, the more that I realized that, that that barrier is, a lot of it's just fabricated in my mind. And so, you know, we've, because acquiring a company is literally, it boils down to three things. You need to talk to enough sellers of companies, so owners. You need to talk to enough financing entities, 
And those could come from a lot of different places than just a bank or a private equity firm. And then the third thing is to make offers, right? So it boils down to those simple steps. Talk to owners, talk to financers, and make offers. And we've done that. And, uh, and so we're still, we haven't gotten to a spot where we're under a, a letter of intent, right? Or a letter of, uh, under contract, essentially. But the experience has been incredibly fulfilling. And it's been fun to look back and say, you know, six months ago, I didn't know a thing about merger acquisitions. <laughs> Not a thing. I mean, I just stuff that you kind of hear about here saying whatnot and talking to people, right? But with a like a, a focused and dedicated effort to learn about it, you know, already making offers on businesses that are worth multi-million dollar businesses. And, and my point in sharing this with this tribe and this community is that um, if you don't think you're there, it's because there's a barrier and it's associated with your programming. It's associated with your mindset. And, um, and so let's find that and switch that, reprogram that. And once you do, I, I promise, amazing, incredible things are going to happen. And you're going to be able to finally share more of you, more of your vision, more of your dream, more of your brand with more and more people. And you'll have an impact on thousands and thousands of people. So maybe you take that with you. Find out where that barrier is and just just switch it. Just attack that barrier. <laughs> Go out there, crush it today. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, also, just a reminder, I have a new feature on this podcast that you can send in a little snippet of audio with your questions and your comments. And if you're interested in that, I would love, it's kind of fun for me to get, get them in and hear them, right? I'd love to be able to select a few of them and include them in the podcast. If you're interested, find me on Instagram, at uh, Barrow Steve, and there's a link in the bio where you can click on it, record a little snippet, and then it automatically gets sent to me, and we can add it into the podcast. So thanks for supporting. We love this tribe. Love everything that you're doing. Go crush it today, and I'll catch you on the flip side.